right, we're going to start, rather than stretching, we're going to play a little game. Okay? All right, Zoe. Um, so I'm going to give you a lyric of a song, and I want you to give me the title. Okay? And there's chocolate involved. Yeah, chocolate makes everything well. Some of them are really easy. Some of them are a little bit more difficult. Hey? <laughs> it is well with my soul. All right. All right. So I have some helpers here who are going to pass out the chocolate. So I don't know if you got to yell it out or if you got to put your hand up, but I'm put sure. Okay. I'm sure it won't be fair. So let's start with a super, super, super easy one. Wait till I'm done reading the lyric and then. Um, Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Joy to the world. Pick someone and give them a chocolate. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Oh, no, I wasn't. <laughs> I got the kids to help me, so I wasn't throwing chocolate at you. All right, here we go. Ready? And the mountains in reply, echoing their joyous strains. Oh, no, 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 oh, Mr. Lance. Angels we have heard on high. All right, now this one. This is going to be difficult. Give you that warning right now. This child, now weak in infancy, our confidence and joy shall be. Oh. Oh. <laughs> you can give that to Dave because that's a great guess. Okay, give it to someone else. Uh, no, that one is actually um, called Break Forth, O Beauteous Heavenly Light by Johann Sebastian Bach. That is a hard one. All right, here we go. Here we go. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Just wait, Nigel. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. No. God rest you, merry gentlemen. Take that to Mrs. Lance. Oh, all right, this side. I'm going to concentrate over here. Okay, if you guys can't get this one, then my sermon is going to change completely. Oh, come all ye faithful. Joyful and triumphant. All right. All right. Two more. Two more. Sweet hymns of joy in grateful chorus raise we. With all our hearts we praise his holy name. Oh, holy night. All right. Well done. Now one more. Joyful all ye nations rise. Join the triumph of the skies. All right. Well done to Dave. And he can share. He can share if he wants. There you go. All right. Last week we talked, uh, last week we talked about hope, about, um, about embracing the silence and waiting for hope to appear. Um, and though I had wanted a week in between cliffhanger, um, this works, this works just as well. And this week, I want to talk a little bit about joy, um, about encountering the promise and being filled with indestructible joy. Now, here's one that I, that I read to you. Johann Sebastian Bach, break forth, O beauteous heavenly light, and usher in the morning. O shepherd, shrink not with affright, but hear the angel's warning. This child, now weak in infancy, our confidence and joy shall be. The power of Satan breaking, our eternal, our peace eternal making. Our confidence and joy shall be.
And of course, as we talk about joy, um, I'm going to bring some closure to the cliffhanger of last week. Now, joy, joy is a super tricky word. Um, I think what we often do, or at least I know what I do, is I confuse joy with happiness or with contentment or even with feelings of euphoria. But I think we all know that, that happiness is fleeting. And our understanding of contentment is often unsustainable. And euphoria, we all know how that sometimes turns out. Nehemiah says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. And then James says to us, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Then we have the Luke text that the girls read earlier. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, city of David. You see, happiness is fleeting, but joy is so hard, so tricky. Authentic joy is something that we receive from God. Joy is a promise from God. Good news that will bring great joy. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord. In Romans, we read this. This is one of my um, most difficult to, to own or to, to hear pieces of Scripture, and yet it's, it's so important. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, hope is a promise from God. Joy is a promise from God. Or maybe this one. Honor and majesty surround him. Strength and joy fill his dwelling. We can't manipulate joy. We can manipulate happiness. I manipulate happiness all the time. I eat the favorite, I eat my favorite food. It makes me happy. I watch particular shows on television. They make me happy. My laundry all done and folded and put away, that makes me happy. And sometimes I think it gives me joy, but it doesn't actually give me joy. It simply makes me happy because nine times out of ten, I got big piles of laundry on my floor again in two days. See, happiness is fleeting. Joy, however. Joy is the result of the presence of the Holy Spirit among us, among human beings. The Holy Spirit generates joy as a witness of his presence in our life. It can't be manipulated because it's a gift. It's a gift that comes from God, and it's a product of our relationship with God, our dependence on God, our salvation from God. We experience joy when we surrender to God, when we surrender to his will, and when we orient ourselves fully towards him, and we welcome his spirit. It's hard. It's really hard. Fail miserably day by day, 
in orienting myself towards God, trying to submit myself to the will of God, trying to allow the spirit to be the one that leads. Because truthfully, I just want to be happy. I just want to be happy. And yet joy. Joy is not about being happy. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. I don't have a whole lot of love or a whole lot of joy or a whole lot of peace or a whole lot of patience or kindness or goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control without the Spirit. And so joy is a gift. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit's work within us. And during Advent, we have two candles lit now. We have two candles. During Advent... We anticipate the birth of the Messiah. We live with this sense of expectancy. We live with this sense that the God of hope will fill us with joy. Because we can't do it ourselves. We know that something is about to change. And again, as I mentioned last week, because we live on this side of the cross, because we live on this side of the resurrection, We know exactly what it is. David says in Psalm 51, and and I'm going to be a little bit bold and say, if you haven't read Psalm 51 lately, have, have a read of Psalm 51. David says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. The writer of Hebrews reminds us, Let us throw off everything that hinders the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Our joy comes from God. Our joy comes from Jesus. That one is Hebrews 12, 1 to 2, or second part of 1 to 2. See, when we were in Dauphin, and I'm going to give you this picture and burn it back in your mind a little bit. When we were in Dauphin this year, we encountered the promise of God. We encountered joy. And we encountered the one in whom joy is found. Unexpected joy when God shows up. Do not be afraid, the angel said to the shepherds. I bring you good news. It'll be great joy for all people. Sometimes I think that's how God works. He takes us by surprise. He shows up. And he pours out, brings forth joy. Sometimes we don't even know really where it comes from, but it bubbles out of us. And so I want to share with you a couple things that have happened in Dauphin and some things that continue to happen. And this is where I say it might be a little bit more of a cliffhanger, but we have lots of time to talk about that um, later. I asked you last week to, to 
burn in your memory this picture. Okay, and so here's another look. Another look. When we were in Dauphin two years ago, we had the opportunity to walk around and pray, as I mentioned last week. And one of the places we walked around, one of the places that we prayed around um, was a, a little school called Whitmore School. And Whitmore School is a low-income school. It is a school where a number of the kids come from from broken families, from broken situations, from they have hard stories. And that is where that's 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 their school. Now, from the outset, I wanna I wanna make this super clear. Um, everything that has happened has very little to do with us and everything to do with God. Everything to do with the Holy Spirit and God showing up. Every fiber of my being, from the soles of my feet to the crown of my head, believe that God has both heard and answered our prayer and the, the, the other prayers of those who are praying. And so forgive me if I get really excited because you know, Joy will, will bubble up a little bit here when I tell you these stories and sometimes I think I'm too uh, when I talk about this. When I heard about the opportunity to actually get to go through the front doors at Whitmore, I'm to give you, there we go, give you some pictures here. Go through the front doors of Whitmore and take our college students, 10 of them, into the school this year and participate in the classrooms. I was really excited. I was really in, I was super excited. It was set in motion by the relationship that the church in Dauphin um, had started with Whitmore School. Uh, they do a breakfast program, and the church sort of funds and serves a breakfast program every Monday in the school. And so I was excited, and I looked forward to what my students were going to learn. But I got to tell you, I had no idea how God was going to show up. Unexpected joy. And I want to begin with a really, a really short story about um, one of my students named Patience. Some of you, okay, so Patience is the African-American girl, the African girl in the picture. Um, Patience was with us last year. Patience had an opportunity to walk around Whitmore, to pray around Whitmore, to just experience Dauphin. This year she got to come back um, because she was unable to go on the Poland trip, um, which is the, the trip that the old, other students, the older students, kind of did. And the very first day that we were in Whitmore, we worked there for, we were in there for three days. The very first day that we were in there, Patience was in the kindergarten room. So she was with the little ones. And uh, it was a challenging and difficult room. That's, that's kind of the best way to put it. A, a challenging and difficult room. And after the first day, the kindergarten teacher came up and she, she actually asked me if she could keep the girls. There was, there was Patience and there was one other girl. She asked if she could just, can I just keep them? Can they just stay? Can you leave them here? And I was like, well, no, but, right? Um, because she said they seemed to just know what it was they were supposed to do. She said it was, it was seamless, almost as if the girls were just reading her mind. They just were there, and they knew what to do. Now, that was great. That was great for me, but it gets even better. It gets even better. First day we were there, the normal classroom aide was unavailable. She had an appointment and wasn't there on the Tuesday. 
And so the principal went down a list, and she went down this list, and she picked an aide sort of off the substitute or the spare list to bring the aide into the classroom. And this girl was nervous, this girl that was coming into this classroom. She was very, 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 very nervous. She was filled with apprehension, um, concerned, wasn't quite, just unsettled. And she walked into the classroom, and patients took a look at her and asked her where she was from. And this girl replied that she was from Rwanda, which prompted patients to hug her and start talking in their native language. They spoke the same language and came from the same background. Patience was born in the Congo. And then she was in a refugee camp in Rwanda before coming to Canada. In Dauphin, Manitoba, they spoke the same tribal language. And so on Thursday night, patients spent time with this young girl and, and with her boyfriend. Um, and as it turns out, this girl's boyfriend knows Patience's uncle and was at Patience's house when she was little, and Patience actually served him when she was little. In Dauphin, Manitoba, God showed up. Suffice it to say, her nervousness was gone immediately. Now, that's one story. They have a clothing room at the school. Let me give you some more smiley faces here. There we go. We were there over, over Halloween, so you get to see some of the fun Halloween activities that, uh, that they did. They have a clothing room and kind of a, um, a grooming room in the school. Now, for a number of these, these young kids, um, they, they don't know how to, to brush their hair. And some of them haven't really even been taught um, basic personal hygiene, how to go to the washroom properly. Uh, and so these teachers and these staff, they come underneath and they come behind and they come in front and they surround these kids and they teach them and they show them what it means. And they have a clothing room that is just used on a consistent, consistent, consistent basis. I talked last week about some of the kids coming to school all three days that we were there wearing the same clothing. So we had an opportunity to, um, Wayne and I, the community minister, um, to organize the clothing room, to attempt to put sort of some semblance of order there so that when the aides of the teachers needed a boy's t-shirt, they weren't digging through garbage bags or digging through a bunch of stuff. They could open the cupboard and they could grab a boy's t-shirt, girl's t-shirt, etc. And one of the things that we noticed was that they didn't have um, any, any panties for little girls. They didn't have any panties. They had, they had a lot of underwear for boys, but they didn't have any panties for girls. And I know this probably sounds a little bit silly to you, or maybe, maybe it's a little bit hard to hear. But a lot of those young girls, they, they don't have panties. They don't wear panties. And so we recognized the need and, and God allowed us to purchase panties and you know, we purchased the panties and we threw them in the bin and the principal came and she was looking at the organization and she had the door open and we had the door, kind of the little closet open and this little girl walks up to the door. You have panties. I don't have any. Can I have some? 
seven young girls that day came because they needed a pair of panties. Now, I might say it's just a pair of panties. It's just a pair of socks. But God showed up. The Spirit showed up. One of the classrooms, there was this little boy. And he didn't like to smile. He didn't smile at all. And for one of my students, this became a really heavy burden, a very heavy burden to him. Everybody else was smiling, and they were having fun, and it was Halloween. Um, And so there were a lot of laughs, and there was a lot of fun, but he wouldn't smile. So the student came to me and said, I don't know. I don't know what to do. He won't smile. You know, I I give him hugs, and I talk to him, and I tell him how much I I love him, and we just kind of hang out, but but he won't smile. So I want to do something. Okay, I don't know what it is you, you want to do, right? You know, pray about it. Look, look for opportunities. Let's see, you know, what do you think? He says, okay. He says, and we were at lunch, so we were at Parkland Crossing. He says, okay, if I can find the principal as soon as we get back from lunch, then I think I know what I want to do. I want to buy him something that's just his, maybe a new T-shirt or, or a new pair of sneakers or something. And I'm like, all right, you know. Um, We'll see how God is going to move in this. Two steps into the school, when we returned from lunch, there stood the principal. So he spoke to her, figured out what he wanted to do. We went and we picked up a couple things, brought them back. The little boy, um, he's okay. He was like, thank you. He was very excited, but he still didn't smile. And so my student said, we, we, we were there from Tuesday to Thursday. And so my student said, you know what, I'm going to come back tomorrow. I'm going to make sure I come back, and I'm going to make sure that I say goodbye to you. I'm going to come back. So I took him back on Friday. We walked into the school, and they called him down to the office, and he came running down with a grin as big as you could imagine, wearing the new outfit that my student had bought him. And the smile was remarkable. See, God showed up. It was just, it was just a little thing. It was just a little thing. If I'm really honest with you, it was, it was a $7 shirt. But I got to tell you, a $7 shirt, pure joy, pure joy, Now, we could be here all day, and I could tell you stories upon stories upon story, but I'm not going to do that to you. We can can share those stories downstairs. But here's what I want to kind of leave you with. We were there, as I said, over, sort of over Halloween. Since that time, and again, remember that this is all about God and not about us. Since that time, the principal has both emailed and mentioned that there's a peace that has come over the school. There's a peace that's come over the students and the staff that hasn't, hasn't existed before. Playground fights, maybe one rather than 15. Angry outbursts in the hallways, they've decreased. There's a peace. There's a joy. 
that has come over that place. And of course, for us, um, we praise God. We get we get very very excited about it, and we're we're so thankful that God chose to use us, even in just a little tiny way, to bring healing and to bring hope. My brother Wayne had the opportunity to take over to Whitmore School some school supplies that were left over from um, a program called Boxes of Love that had had space in Parkland, and it was a uh, an outreach program for orphanages in the Ukraine. And, and that is kind of concluded now. And so Wayne took over all sort of the leftover school supplies. There was one type of scribbler that was in the box. And the principal's comment was simply this. Wow, we needed that kind of scribbler. We're on our last one. Pure joy. Pure grace. God showed up. The grade five students are encountering hope and joy of their own. And this is where I say cliffhanger after cliffhanger because the stories just keep, they just keep coming and they just keep going. Um, they decided, because of some of the things that have been done for them, not just by our ABC students, but also by, by the church and by people in the community, um, they decided to look for someone that they could help kind of to, to pay it pay it forward in some ways. And so what they decided to do is they decided to shovel the sidewalks of their school neighbors. So all the houses that are across the street from the school, the grade five kids, on their own volition, no prompting by the teachers, no prompting by the staff, decided that they were going to shovel the snow for their neighbors. Hmm. Jesus says this. In the Gospel of John, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I've said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. I think this is the kind of joy that we should have the type that overflows and fights to come out in any situation, a joy that is grounded in love and a joy that expresses itself in love, that can't be contained regardless of our circumstances. Now I know life is hard. Life is difficult. And we encounter some pretty painful, some pretty broken things. That's why I'm thankful that my joy doesn't come from me, but instead it comes from God. It comes from the Spirit, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. Because if it was contingent on me, it wouldn't be a whole lot of joy. It's not dependent on me, and for that I'm thankful. Sometimes I think we need to be reminded, and I know for me personally, I need to be reminded. Joy is grounded in the faithfulness and the truthfulness and the loving kindness and the promises of God, the enduring promises. See, what God said to us in Dauphin is just wait, I'm coming. I'll show up. I'll be there. Be patient. Wait a while. 
but I'll show up. Because he told us he will. He promises that he will. Our joy is found in Emmanuel. Our joy is found in God with us. See, God shows up. He does. In the promise that finds expression in the innocent baby who lay quietly in a manger on a dark and silent night, God shows up. In the promised hope of Israel who bore the burden of humanity on his back as he walked the road to Golgotha, God shows up. And in the glorious resurrected Lamb of God who is calling humanity to find their joy, as backwards as this sounds, to find their joy in his sacrifice, God shows up. Yes, it's pure indestructible, genuine joy. And we had the privilege of experiencing that in, in, in Dauphin. God showed up. We're not very patient. We're not very patient. We wanted to run ahead. We had a lot of things that we wanted to do, and we did a lot of things. You see, God showed up when he wanted to, where he wanted to, how he wanted to. God showed up in very simple ways. There was a boil water advisory when we were there. And on the Friday, I think it was the Friday, Thursday or the Friday morning, coffee time at Parkland Crossing is a big deal. All of the tenants come and a number of people come and they, they sit in the coffee room and they have some treats and they share a cup of coffee and it's really important. It's a time of, of getting together and a number of the people that are there are not they're not necessarily church people. They're just, they're just residents. They're just people that are there. There's a boil water advisory. There's no coffee. And I had the, the, the owner, really, in many ways, the privilege to, to run into um, a lady that I met the last time I was there who, who life is a struggle for. Life is, is difficult. And she came down for coffee, and there was no coffee. So we went and bought a coffee. Went over to McDonald's. They boiled their water. They have those, those hot coffee machines. So I went and got a coffee for me and a coffee for her. And I got to tell you, we only had like 40 seconds of conversation because all she really wanted was coffee. But here's the thing. She smiled. She was happy. She might have even been just a tiny little bit joyful. Because even though, and for, and for me, it produced great joy. Because even though she didn't want to have a conversation, which is pretty much typical of, of the way it goes, 30 seconds here and a minute there and 30 seconds here, my desperate hope and my desperate prayer in that interaction was that she was able to see, if just for a minute, how valuable and how important and how treasured she was that we could go and get her coffee. And I continue to pray that. I continue to pray that that one little moment. See, God shows up. He does. I'm going to tell you stories, but I'm going to stop here. Um, we, can share some more, uh, we can share some more downstairs because Barb brought us some uh, amazing treats. I snoop before church all the time, and it's, uh, it's really good ones. I want to leave you with this, with the remembrance that our joy is not contingent on how we feel. It's not contingent on how well life is going or even how poorly 
life is going. Every single one of you in this room, I am certain, have encountered a genuinely joyful person, and you have walked away going, whoa, what is it about that person that allows that to simply flow out of them? See, I want to be that kind of person. Joy comes from God. Joy comes from the Spirit at work in us. And so I'm going to encourage you again to have a read of Psalm 51. Just think a little bit about what your joy looks like. Where is God showing up in your life? Are we paying attention? let Let me pray for us, and we can continue this downstairs. Father, we come to you um, amazed in many ways at the marvelous work of your hands. Uh, We give you all the glory. We thank you, Father, that our joy is found in you and you alone, that it is complete in your son, Jesus, that your joy, God, is our strength. May that joy be ever more found in each of us. Ask now, Father, that we may be strengthened with all of your glorious power so that we will have all the endurance and all the patience that we need. Help us, Lord, to be filled with joy as we give thanks to you, the one who has enabled us to share in the inheritance that belongs to your people. Have mercy on us. Cleanse us this day from all unrighteousness and remind us of the joy that comes from your salvation. Father, as we wait in this time of Advent, awaken anew in our hearts that sense of wonder that comes from encountering joy, encountering you, All glory and praise and honor and majesty to you alone. May Christ be ever magnified in our lives. And may the joy that comes from the Holy Spirit be evident in all we do. We thank you, Father, in the precious name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Okay, if you guys can't get this one, oh, come all ye faithful. Joyful and triumphant. Joy is a promise from God.